You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Shut the door and have a seat. It's time for Dad Men. And we are recording this in July. It's a, a beautiful night, not too hot. Uh, and, you know, it's a holiday weekend for us, which yep. is appropriate because uh, this episode of uh, Mad Men is called The Long Weekend. But um, <laughs> before we get into that, um, we have a little business to take care of on the, over the top of the show. Um, it's uh, By the way, my co-host is... Uh, Mike Jolla. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hola, everyone. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, you mentioned how uh, we are in July. Have you noticed that it's been... Oh, this has been a very breezy summer, no? I, I, I don't know if I'm just more like aware of it now, but like I feel like this summer is like very, very breezy. I mean, it's been hot, too, but a lot of wind. I've been noticing a lot of wind. Yeah, there's been wind. There's been uh, fluffy white fluffers. <laughs> I don't know what you'd call them, but they've been all over. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, uh, myself and the viewers, this is uh, week two of COVID watch for you. Oh, that's right. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Well, How are you um, doing? I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. I, I don't really honestly have any symptoms. Um, I haven't had any for a while, actually, since um, I think, honestly, after our episode, maybe... Maybe another day, and I was, I was, I was pretty solid. Um, the no stuff, everything went away. So, yeah, it's 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 uh it's been good. It's been it's been smooth. I mean, I still don't love, um, obviously the whole process of having to kind of stay away while watching a child is a little bit dull because you have to yeah. be inside and stuff like that. Um, I mean, go outside too. I mean, you can do like park stuff, but can't really go anywhere. And me and Luna are pretty accustomed to kind of like going here and there so um so that had to stop for a short bit but um other than that definitely definitely at 100 um yeah definitely Sweet. at 100 well that's good to hear um did you have any um shortness of breath or any of that scary stuff no i never um i never hit any of those um any of those like weird um those weird side effects um the, the the strain that I got is um, very similar to like a like a a few days cold, but I guess you can tell that it is that because like you'll have I like the cold symptoms will all of a sudden just hit you and then like maybe a day or two of it will go on and then it'll literally like be gone the next next few days and usually if I have like a real cold that like a real cold that's just like runny nose or whatever the case like usually that lingers on like way longer and for me like had the cold symptoms like a day or two and then like the next day like it was like it was super weird but um but yeah cool i've gotten i've gotten gone away from all those uh annoyances my wife has kind of had some like hers is like kind of much lighter symptoms than mine but like good dra- dragging longer i guess um, but they're still like very, very like light. Like she's getting some of the, um, some of the sinus stuff only only like re- more recently. But like again, at a very light, uh, light level. Um, so, 
it's been interesting, but you know, unfortunately, tis what it is, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I got stuff coming up where I'm like, I have to decide where I'm going to go and where I'm going to make peace with getting COVID, you know, or if I'm going to go to any of these things. Yeah, uh, yeah. And because that's that's the advice I give people when they're like, should I go to this? I'm like, well, you have to be 100 percent sure you're going to be OK if you get covid because of this thing. You right. Know? Right. And right. That's that's what happened when I did my showing for Godzilla versus Kong, where I made peace with like, OK, it's very possible it's going to happen. And I have to be ready for that. And right. Maybe someone would say that was self-defeating thinking and I caused myself to come to the virus. <laughs> but uh, you called it. To I yourself. would say. I would say, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I was like, my defenses are low. Come get me. <laughs> Come get me, COVID. Well, I have an update that's a little less uh, health-related and more uh, just jams-related summer jams. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I went back and listened to episode three of our show, mm-hmm. um, not for fun, uh, but to edit it. Right. And, uh, but it was fun. Uh, I, I, I went back and um, I realized, oh, wait a second. Uh, I told you I was going to listen to uh, Mr. Morale and uh, the Big Steppers. I I actually, uh, you know, I, I went back and listened to it before I, I realized that I had made the mistake of coming to you with "To Pimp a Butterfly." You know, a few weeks back, I did my yeah yeah. I did my Kendrick Lamar report on uh, <laughs> "To Pimp a Butterfly" when I told you, "Oh, I'll check out the new one." But uh, I did I did my homework this time. Nice, and, nice. Um, it was not homework. It was a lot of fun. Um, That's good. I would say that, you know, it's it's tough. I've listened to it two times, mm-hmm. um, so I'm definitely not like fully um, intimately aware of every song and stuff. But mm-hmm. like for sure, um, the it's hitting me in a totally different way than to pimp a butterfly. And I actually, I don't know. It seems like it, it meshes with my sensibilities a little bit more. Maybe it's the uh, the melodic influence by uh, Keem. Or, oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's his cousin, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard about that. Yeah, um, and I, I also the lyrics are really, uh, I guess they're a little bit more like mental health based, like you mentioned on the pod, and right uh, that meshes with my brand more. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, no, it's, and, it's, and it's just kind of really. Oh, go! I, I dug the music and and the beats a lot. Where there there were some moments on "To Pimp a Butterfly" where some of my favorite musical sections would be in like. The interludes or the skits, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, there's some really cool stuff on here. Um, I gave you a list of my favorite songs, but we don't have to get into this the favorite stuff. But check it out. Um, and I would say, and this is my last time I'll bring it up. Uh, listen to it however you want. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I I listened to it um and paid attention to each song, but I didn't like dim the lights and uh light some incense, you know, blah blah blah, whatever Fantano. Close your eyes. Uh, satirically said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that shit was hilarious. I forgot about Fantano's. Oh, Fantano. His, um, his video on that. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I um, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's, um, that album really has grown on me insanely. Like, I enjoyed it at first listen, but now I just can go back and like listen to certain tracks and just kind of enjoy them as like single songs rather than like a full body, you know, uh, work. Which is usually how I digest um, his albums because he's very thoughtful in that way. Um, but no, man, there's some, there's some, there's some like, there's some jams, some introspectives. I mean, obviously you get the introspective tracks, um, wild concept songs like uh, <laughs> "We Cry Together" is is 
Nuts. I love that one. It's fucking nuts. I love it though. Yeah, I love it as well. <laughs> the um, the featured whoever's featured on it. I, she's I, good, I isn't she? she did a, she's fantastic. I, I think that she name, she wins a, a, on most of the exchanges with him. And oh he's, yeah, he's very brave to put that in there. <laughs> It's yeah, so cool. Man. It's awesome. It's great. I mean, obviously, fantastic work from from the golden child, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Kenny. No, I'm sorry. I don't know if he likes being called. Yeah. Kenny. No, Kenny uh, is that 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 was uh, that was perfect. Actually, you sounded like a true okay. Kendrick Lamar fan by saying that. <laughs> Honestly, you really did. You really did. Like that was. I'll, uh, I'll show up to the concert. I'll show up to the concert, <laughs> and they'll be, you know, there's there is a running bit about how there's white people who they're only their only favorite rapper or the only rapper they like is uh, Kendrick Lamar so oh really I just it used to I be just M&M. got into the Beatles <laughs> I just got into the Beatles uh this year so I might as well get into Kendrick Lamar too Absol- and absolutely. just complete the all the stereotypes of uh, a guy <laughs> like me <laughs> I mean being laid on the Beatles is um probably blasphemy in some uh <laughs> Caucasian homes <laughs> yeah it, it it was tough to make friends They'd be singing some obscure song from the White Album, and I'd be like, oh, the White Album? Yeah, I love that Weezer album. They'd punch me in the gut. <laughs> Get a straight gut punch. Yeah, yeah. Weezer? What? Weezer. They don't sound anything like the Beatles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that's the music update for this week, which, you know, the Dad Men's have been like this, it's been this recurring series where it's like we're catching up on like what, you know, what the newest albums we've listened to are. So it's, I'm excited to see what we're going to do without music, not to put you on the spot or uh, oh, yeah. no, I got put something. too much pressure on you. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got something. I definitely got something. I mean, it's not. You're fired. <laughs> if we don't come up with, if you come up with one more music bit. No, I mean, we're, we're both, um, obviously, uh, uh, listeners of the show, I mean, can tell that we're both uh, pretty huge uh, music people. So, And if you look at us, you can tell we're music people, too. I mean, obviously, obviously. If you see the deep circles under my eyes and, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're both going, we both have the, uh, the gray hair from yep. uh, stress, the stress of creating music. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, anyway, enough, enough about the of the starving artists that we are. Let's get back to the content. So, let's, do um, it, let's get into uh, Mad Men. So, it's time for the thirty second breakdown. And Jala, is it my turn this week? I believe it is your turn. So let All me right. pull up a t- little timer here. Yes. All right. I got your thirty. You let me. You let me know when. Give me a give me a three two one and I'll just go for it. Alrighty, three two one go. It's Labor Day weekend. Don is getting ready to uh, go home with his family to a, or go to the family's vacation house. Betty's dad's vacation house. Uh, Roger has a heart attack. Uh, Don visits Rachel Menken and he's broken up about it. They finally consummate their relationship. Pete is a bastard to both Don and Peggy. <laughs> And that's that. <laughs> well done, well done. That's, yeah, there uh, wasn't a lot. I I debated saying just uh, Roger has a heart attack. No. Yeah, just stopped right there and just a good thirty second stare down after. Oh, that. and and Christina, uh, sorry, and Joan, uh, Joan, her friend comes out to her. Oh yes, oh yes, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that's, you're at that's, yeah. you're at twenty four seconds uh, basically. I you mean, just you can slop that on there, <laughs> right? Slop. Horrible <laughs> use of slop. Slop that on there. We'll just yeah. slop that on there. Just yeah. slop that on there. there. That's real good. That's but yeah, good. that was a good thirty second breakdown, man. Obviously yeah. hitting, hitting, hitting all the the main beats of the episode. Um, 
I know that um, this 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 episode's got a lot going on in it. Um, as far as a lot of emotional stuff going on. Um, Does it have four writers? Am I right? I, I looked it up earlier. Uh, yeah, four writers, man. Uh, I I'm not see... sure I've ever seen that before or after this one. That is very weird, right? Um, yeah, Bridget Bridard could be saying that wrong. Oh, um, Andre and Maria, uh, the the husband and wife duo. My faves, this. yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matthew, Matthew Weiner. It's pretty wild. And who directed it? Uh, the director is Tim Hunter. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I recognize that name. That's a. Um, they are a seasoned Mad Men director by now. Yeah, Tim. I've been seeing his name. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very cool that it's uh, we got four cooks in the kitchen basically. Um, now is it is it too many cooks? To me, no. Maybe just yeah, the right amount for me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's hop on the old carousel. Here we go. Let's do it. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent, sweetheart. Uh, what do you what do you remember about this episode, and and how did it sit with you uh, watching it now? Um, the main thing I remember about this episode basically happens at the, well, no, two pieces. The, uh, the big piece with, um, Sterling and his heart attack and kind of like how he got his heart attack, which is like him going to the, him going to the max with the two, uh, with the two redheaded twins and well, preferably I think, uh, he was with, um, the youngest, the younger of the two. Um, I believe her name was Eleanor. Um, or sorry, excuse me. Her name was Mirabelle. Mirabelle. Yeah. The older one was, uh, was Eleanor. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember also that when he got the heart attack and the, uh, the scenes after he's like white, he's like the most white he's ever been even whiter than like the throw up scene. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like so somebody should have a counter how many times we mentioned the, the throw up scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been more times than any other scene in the show, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. We just gonna keep be going back to it. <laughs> it's gonna, we're scarred, apparently. <laughs> it haunts your dreams. It's like yeah. Jane Lynch says in the Forty Year Old Virgin. Mm. It's gonna haunt your dreams. Love it, love it, love it, love a good old Jane Lynch. Um, no, but um, I remember that scene. I remember how he looked, um, and then obviously I remember Don and uh, Rachel. Don and Rachel at the end of the episode, which is their, um, not to jump the gun on the episode, but those are the two pieces that stood out to me the most um, about this episode. Um, A lot of the Kennedy-Nixon stuff is happening um, in the beginning of this episode as we move forward. Um, We're getting pieces of it because there's a constant campaign that's going on. So we've mentioned Kennedy versus Nixon a few times as they brought it up during the show. Um, But it's always like, them trying to brainstorm or, th- or 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 them kind of watching the polls and seeing like who's ahead and why and how they can how can they how they can get Nixon on top basically um yeah i mean he he's i guess he's still in the lead but um kennedy's really narrowing the gap so it seems so um that piece in there that that part i don't remember as much um but uh watching this episode now man um Obviously, standout standout scenes in this. 
Well, before I get into standout scenes in this, um, shout out to Peggy uh, this episode. Yeah. And last episode, honestly. Peggy's in... Um, I wrote down Peggy's eyes are wide open. <laughs> yeah. If you, know, if you know what I mean. Like, um, she's really growing. I, 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 this is the Peggy... This is, I, I love... I love Peggy in this headspace when she's very, it's almost Neo like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like she's, and what I mean by that is like, she's at first she was so green and so out of place and, and, um, temptation was everywhere in, in a way for her as far as like being the big city and wanting to fit in and, you know, kind of falling for the whole Pete stuff and, um, yeah, she just kind of got swept up into the life. And now, as she's gotten her own power with becoming a writer and working on accounts and stuff and been seeing Joan kind of for more who she is, and in this episode, really calls out Pete by, you know, kind of just telling him off. I mean, Pete... Finally, Pete, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Pete, Pete you know, it's kind of been on her he plays this hot cold shit and uh peggy's finally pretty done with it which i which i love like i love when she sticks up for herself i love when she's in a power yeah power position um she's just great so shout out i was proud of her too absolutely and that that moment i didn't remember that being from this episode um yeah i mean there's lots of these there's lots of these little scenes between characters that you like it's interesting with Mad Men. It's very easy to fall into this trap of like only remembering the quote big scenes. Yeah. So like sure. you remember, you only remember the scene where Roger throws up, for example, right. or <laughs> where Roger has a heart attack, and right. um, where uh, where Betty shoots at the uh, doves or That's they're right. pigeons, I think. Right. The exactly. doves are pigeons. <sighs> they were they white? Um, let's say pigeons. Let's say pigeons. They kind of looked like doves, but. Yeah, you know what? Betty corrects um, one of the kiddos at one point. I think I think I'm getting it confused the same way a little kid did. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> what does that say about me? But um, we, are, we are children. We are just children. <laughs> we we are sort of man children. Right. Uh, we're sort of, we're no we're dad children. That's what yeah. we are. Um, <laughs> dad children. But there's so many little scenes, and I just when I think of season one, I'm like, where does that scene where Peggy? Don't don't get me wrong. We remember the little scenes, but it's it's hard to place where they happened. Right. So exactly, I exactly. remember vividly Pete and Peggy's interaction in this episode, mm-hmm. but I I didn't know where in the season it was placed. I didn't know if maybe they had, they hook up on his couch after this too. I didn't remember blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. But the line maybe you need me to lay on your couch and clear that up for you. That's a legendary <laughs> Peggy moment, and it's so cool because like. We've never seen Pete like this where he's trying to have her attention. He's trying to flirt, trying to make her flustered. And he does not like what he sees when Peggy is. She just keeps trying to do her work and doesn't give a shit what he's saying. You know? Right. Yes, and she should. She's, she stands up for herself and is very strong. And like she says, she doesn't know if he's going to be nice to her or not. And she voiced she voiced her concerns and, and her frustrations in a productive and emotionally intelligent way. Yeah, and then Pete get, Pete gaslights her right afterward. Like, oh, I know. Come on, I know. Man. Such a piece. I know. He's a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many times I'm gonna have to say this, but I, I he is my favorite character. But God, he he disappointed me this week. Um, yeah, this is early Pete though. 
Yeah, it's early Pete. Season one's not his best. Please <laughs> give you know, him some this, time. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't a reflection of my character. Listen, uh, <laughs> this guy's such a freaking Pete guy. <laughs> Piccolo used to be a villain in Dragon Ball, and then he wound up being one of the nicest guys of all. Uh, it's true. So it's true. Just trust me. I, I, I tend to like the characters that turn out to be better. Now, will Pete turn out to be better? Doesn't look like it so far. Yeah. But uh, who knows? I'm not spoiling anything. No, exactly. Just off on the wrong foot, maybe. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, um, I remember this episode being shocking. It just, but there's this really weird energy that pervades throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Especially on Roger. The makeup department did a great job of being, uh, being like thoughtful in how they presented him in this episode. Yeah, Um, yeah. Shout out to the costume designer. Um, Joan gets a visit from Carol. Uh, Carol is Joan's roommate, Carol the Disaster, uh, and Joan's outfit in this episode, I'm sounding like a Bravo guy or something, you know, someone on the Bravo network, Bravo. Uh, but, but her outfit looks super cool. Um, she looks phenomenal in it and, uh, the colors were really cool, you yeah. know, um, that was a great props outfit. to the costume and, and Don looks sharp. Pete looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all look fantastic. No, you're right. Um, you you are right. Now that I think about it, everybody was, was pretty sharp this episode for sure. You know who disappointed me? And we're kind of running all over the shop here. We're like two kids again. Running into, <laughs> we're running around and we don't have a parent to say, get the, get over here. Get over here. Like, hold my hand. <laughs> who really, who, hold my hand. We're, we're crossing the street. Don't cross the street yet. Uh, you know who really disappointed me though? Uh, was Betty. I Yeah. She was, she was her childish self. And yeah. you know how there's. There's moments when your kid is really sweet and you're like, God, I, I love you. I know. And there's I know. moments yeah. I'm telling the father. And, this, and then there's moments I, I where your kid's acting up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's moments when your kid's just being so annoying and so bratty. And you're just like, God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you, you, raised you, you, you got it perfectly. You got it, you got it perfectly. Those who, are the two emotions that you have. <laughs> who raised you? Wait, <laughs> <a second. laughs> why, why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Betty, she the when the, when the show presents her as someone who never grew up past childhood, this is where you see that the ugly yeah. side of that because yeah. she can have these sweet moments. But I was so annoyed. I could see why some people hated her in season one because like, oh yeah, no, this is her, this is the Betty stuff that why I didn't why I wasn't really in love with this character. I, I, I haven't yeah. ever really been a huge fan of her, but uh-huh. as we rewatch. Um, I like to. It, it's nice to kind of gain even more perspective on her psyche and and kind of how she moves about life and and um, and, uh, and why. I mean, the stuff is still annoying though. Like, it's not yeah. going to change her from kind of being having a lot of those main little kind of childish tropes that she carries with herself. Uh, I mean, with her um, as, as just as a character in general. So, um, but yeah, no, I know she was. She was, a, you know. Her her dad found a new you know partner or friend he says yeah um, too soon after her mom passed away is how she feels now this is a valid emotion for a human being to feel right and she is very valid to think he's moving on too fast but right. the way she's expressing it is by you know talking horribly about this woman he's seeing by being resentful of him mm-hmm. um, and sort of dumping kind of dumping it on Don weirdly Don. 
is being like a pretty chill husband in the beginning of the episode. Very, yeah, very strange. I don't want to step on your segment there. No, it's, it was it's weird. Not, not. It was weird to see him being kind of like supportive and and like chill. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I wanted to make sure we talked about Betty a bit. Um, yeah, you know, she can be. This is this is the ugly side of the character. She can be <laughs> um, moody and resentful and. Uh, kind of throw tantrums, not in a Pete way, where Pete throws yeah, tantrums not loudly. Not Pete tantrums, yes, exactly. Not, not a Pete <laughs> she, tantrum. <laughs> she throws tantrums where it's like you better be paying attention to me. She she notices you uh, not noticing her and right. gets angry right, quietly. Exactly. Quietly, angry, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but anyway, um, for for me, I think that this episode is a good one. I think yeah. that's not that's without question. For sure. Um the the stuff with the twins, you know, uh <laughs> is very funny. Um yeah. Roger, I, I I think um there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode, but overall at its core it tells a pretty Don centric story and he is kind of reacting to everything going on. There's little mm-hmm. vignettes with uh with Pete and Peggy and Joan and Carol, yeah. but um, I, I it felt pretty focused, and, and the acting felt strong, strong yeah. throughout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The acting was really good, really good this episode yeah. for sure. Can I bring something up? Uh, I, I have a um, not really an apology. Well, maybe it's an apology. I don't know how to describe it, but let me okay. let me break down the scenario that I noticed. <laughs> it was a very Uh-oh. small scene, but it was but it, but I caught it right away, and I said shit. I called I I, uh, I called it I called it wrong. So the twins, there's twins sitting at the um, you know the, there's a few groups of the twins in the hallway, and they got the guys out there trying to schmooze them. And uh, you Sal's know, nailing it. What's that? I said Sal's nailing it. Thank you. That that's so crazy. <laughs> you said Sal because I literally was just <laughs> say Sal. I, I have something to bring up about this scene. Thank you for stopping on it because I have something to bring up too. But you go first. Sorry. I bet I bet we bring up the same thing. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it, man. I'm like a I'm like a hawk for this character and his intricacies. I, well, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna bring up the same thing. <laughs> you go first. You go first. You go first. All right. So you know, Sal Sal's killing it. He's doing his thing. You know, he's, chat, he's, he's chatting up, and you know, the guys are going back and forth. Yeah. And goddamn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh this boy, mother- it's happening. This, this, this motherfucking guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. We're laughing because we're on the same page together, but we haven't said yeah. any words. <laughs> this Just imagine two. Yeah, go. Imagine two <laughs> lunatics laughing in an asylum. That's where we are right now. <laughs> exactly. This this fucking guy, uh, not Harry Crane, but um, Kinsey. Goddamn Kinsey. <laughs> This motherfucker pulled out his goddamn line. I told you. And and you fucking told me. You told me. Motherfucker. Well, and I'm he glad said you said it. That. And I said, God damn it. He was right. That was a goddamn <laughs> line. And he, I fell for it. So the line he's referring it. to is, uh, do you like Ukrainian food? He says that to one of the twins. By the way, it's uh, super quick. So, I mean, I could see the people missing it for sure. Like, yeah, I just, well, I heard it and I was like, oh, that son of a bitch. And that's that's the level of writing. That's the level of writing and care for the characters, though, you know, because like 
the writer's room remembered him saying that in episode two, which mm-hmm. is like seven episodes ago or something. I don't know. I can't yeah, even remember what it's day like it a is. part of his makeup. Like, like they figured yeah. out like each character's like thing, makeup, like style. And then like, they don't lose that. Like they'll just, they know who this person, like who the person is yeah. and they'll just write accordingly, which is so amazing. But it was a cool, rewarding moment for us and for me especially because I didn't remember this. Like in the original run of the show, no, I would never have picked up on that. Like, no. but he is—he's saying, "Do you like Ukrainian food?" Which is the same thing he said to Peggy when there was a lull in the conversation. And uh, <laughs> it's like this Kinsey guy is always trying to uh, <laughs> appear more interesting and like um, he's trying to show that he supports Ukraine. But it's like, dude, that was in the—that's in the 2020s. Like, yeah, bro. You're way ahead of the, <laughs> you're way ahead of the curve. Uh, so oh anyway, I'm, I'm glad you noticed that because that was one of the only notes I took today. I, I oh, I'm trying to take less notes mm-hmm. so I don't uh, sound like some sort of mad bot. But um, <laughs> mad bot. That was a cool. That was a cool moment. Um, yeah, man, Kinsey, bro. All right. All right, you got it. I, I, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. But. I get it. You're like, no, he's just trying to be your friend, Mike. Come he's on, trying to be nice, man. He's trying to be, yeah, give, give him a shot. Yeah, exactly. Listen, is it against the law to use the same line <laughs> No, twice? it's not. No, no, no. I, it's not. It totally isn't. It's, it's not. Just that, it's just that I, I didn't think it was a line. And then yes. when he said it the second time, it was confirmed that it's a lie. <laughs> yes. So anyway, but yeah, man, um, I think that like, it's tough to think of anything wrong with the episode. I think it's like a really good episode, but is it like an all-time classic? You know, if you had asked me, let's say before we started this grand experiment, uh, the podcast, if you had asked me if like the episode, what were some of my favorite episodes of season one? Mm-hmm. I thought episode four uh, with Pete, I thought that was one of the best ones and that wasn't that wasn't a five star and yeah. I probably would have brought this one up too. Cause it's one of those big moments, but no, I'm, I'd give it like four and a half, uh, four and a half Manhattans. I, 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 I was thinking maybe four, but that would be me being an edge Lord. I think four and a half. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you for, for me. Um, we didn't, we didn't talk about, um, we didn't talk about the, uh, the, uh, Rachel and Don scenes. Oh, we'll but- get there. Because oh yes that's true we, we shall get there, we'll but get there. um because of those scenes, for me, it goes to a five. For me, this this episode because I vividly remember how Don was with her at the end of the episode. Okay, and the acting. This is got uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is the way. Where's this the is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is when John Hamm really starts to get into his acting. I mean, he's phenomenal throughout. But once he's once he starts on this path with Rachel, you know what I mean? This is when he's you're going to really he's really going to get in his acting bag and um I mean, I can I the scenes with her I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tread tread too much on it, but his visual appearance chain is is completely altered from his right. quote unquote Don Draperness. It's gone. All of it that's all gone. It's all down. He doesn't have Midge anymore. And you're seeing you you're seeing a different you're seeing a different person. And yep. that's that's the amazing thing about the scene, 
the amazing thing about how uh, how how John Hamm executes that this new this new self, um, and it's just for me it, it's like my favorite thing. It's phenomenal, and obviously I'm like the biggest uh, Rachel Mankin fan. I mean everybody yeah. knows that by now. So like she's phenomenal in this episode too, and I just keep she's just so fucking smart. I just love it so much. Like she's so yeah. smart. I just. Everything, a lot of yeah. things she says is just like she's so spot on every every time. So for me, it's a it's a fiver. This is this is okay. one of my faves because of because of that turn at the end and um, the relationship and um, and obviously you know Sterling has has a big moment as far as um, realizing life and um, he even mentions he even he even mentions to Don how you know he's basically been. He's been moving too fast and, you know, he wants, he wants to know, he wants to know, he wants to be going somewhere though. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's heartbreaking because that kind of really hits Don, uh, because they're, they're similar in that sense. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is super interesting. So when he says that, it's, um, it's pretty awesome. I, I, and I take that line to mean two things. Um, one, he, he wishes he was going somewhere like he wishes he was going to an afterlife. But two, he also he also wishes, yeah, he also wishes he was going somewhere like in his personal life and in his business life. He he feels kind of that's what I thought. It's the great tragedy of the Sterling character where he just kind of is coasting. Um, Right, right. But yeah, um, I think he's more focused on uh, the the afterlife in that moment. But the line has a double meaning, which, like the twin twin woman uh, said, (laughs) everything he says means something else too. So. it was a cute line. She it's picked cr- up on that, which is crazy. Yeah, she's like the audience surrogate because that's what we're realizing. Like, um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of things that he says, I think it's time for uh, some good old gold. Let's do it. Cue the sound clip, which is from this episode. Nicely done. I didn't think you had it in you, and I mean that. My favorite one. Indeed. Uh, so, for me, the funniest uh, line of the episode is a Sterling line. Um, let's see if we're on the same page for this one, Mike. Let's see what you got. So, my favorite line of the episode was when uh, Roger tells Don, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mona had a dream once where I hit the dog with a car. She was mad at me all day and I never hit the dog. We don't even have a dog. Uh, <laughs> so, there's my <laughs> <laughs> there's my 10 cent impression. He was ta- Oh, you know what? He was talking to Joan. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, because they were talking about that movie. Um, right. So, I love that line. Um, it's so true uh, in my experience. Uh, as, as is mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes our our partners can be very emotional and i'm saying partners it's not just a woman thing relax exactly just partners relax yeah, yeah. put the uh, <laughs> you know uh speaking of pitchfork no i'm just kidding <laughs> i literally i literally said i'm not going to talk about it and i'm like oh there's an entrance uh but no um and nobody else will get that i'm keeping that in the edit nobody else will get it that was the insider so, <laughs> so insider soup so um it, it's a great scene where roger and joan are talking about plans for the long weekend what they can do maybe see a movie and uh joan is mad because of a movie uh we we won't get too far into the uh nitty-gritty but it's a movie where a woman gets gets mistreated and roger made a passing remark that he'd love to work there where she works right and joan this is an interesting character development moment where joan is like in earlier episodes, she's talking about how 
we love men for it. We love men for this. We love men for that. We want to help yeah. them. Yeah. She's she's becoming radicalized in this episode. Did you notice that? That it's like this subtle shift in her character. Yeah. Um, it's this a little too hard serious to for place, the, uh, too. Like, I, I think I get... She's been kind of having this thing with Sterling where... Um, I don't know why, but... Well, I mean, I can't say I don't know why. It's just kind of... Um, it kind of seems all of a sudden, but she had kind of been giving Sterling a little bit of a arm's length type thing for some reason. Sure. And yeah. I'm not exactly, I don't think there has like been like one thing that's made her act this way. I just think that maybe she's also opening eyes to some things, some things about the relationship between her and Sterling and um, maybe, maybe, maybe realizing her own, I don't know, not, not mortality, but. It's 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 tough to place, but I, it's 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 definitely been happening a little bit more now, just um, super well, interesting. And and here's what I love about the show is um, a lot of time seems to have passed, like from the first episode of the season to yeah. to now. Yeah, there's sure. like this this hidden temporal distance in the background where it's like, oh, it's been months. It could be an it could be months since Pete and Peggy have last spoken to each other for all we know. Ooh, like, good point. Good point. There's there's stuff that happens in the background. Peggy is now higher up in the writing career. And, and Pete says, you're a writer now, which could be taken as like a shitty comment. But mm-hmm. it's also like, oh, so she's she's being treated more seriously by even him. So yeah. there's there's hidden background movement. And um, my the way I interpret it is that Joan is sick of waiting around for Roger. And Thank sick you. of being in a, in a relationship that has no future. You know, yes. and I, or it's not even a, not a relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, so. I, I follow you. I, I think that's exactly it. I think that's exactly it. She she she's come she's come to the realization that her and Sterling thing is yeah. a little empty. Um, but but it's so funny because um, but they're still drawn to each other. I mean, you can even see how they choose men, or sorry, how they choose how they choose their uh, people that they're with when they're not with mm. each other. It's like Sterling they're- is just. This, he's so hooked on the redheads. Um, he picks the two redheaded twins for for the. Uh, it was like some steel company or something like that. Some like double aluminum steel or aluminum. Excuse me. Yeah, aluminum. Yeah. Um, and um, pushes his quote unquote sterling charm all over the room. While while Don's there, by the way. Don just like watching Sterling just like go for it like and he's just like yeah oh, this is uh, this is, this is interesting. <laughs> it's it's cool to see Don in this weird position where he's not really into the girls that much and he's just kind of there and kind of a third wheel. Um, Absolutely, I forgot to mention one of Sterling's lines. Fantastic line. Um, speaking of the two twins, when he picks the two twins, he he go he. Um, he he he, t- he asked the the one of the girls uh, one last question. He's like, "How how many birthdays have you had?" Which is an amazing nice. way of asking somebody their age without seeming creepy. Sterling, yeah. he's very wi- he's very quick. He's very witty. He he comes up with these type of type of ways of speaking where it doesn't. He can fly closer under the radar. You know, yeah. if, if if anybody was listening. I mean, he even does it with Joan. As he asks for Joan to come into his office, he's just walking and saying random random phrases. And Joan is so cute because, like, she tries to be not amused by, like, his, you know, yeah. you know his sterlingness. So. I, I, I have two thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, the sterling charm is very real. 
Uh, we love this character, despite the fact that he's a creepy, lecherous old man. Um, oh, yeah. If if another actor played it, or if the character was presented in a more realistic way, you know, aka not having the good looks and charisma of John Slattery, um, <laughs> it would be creepy and gross. But he's just so great. Like I think everyone I've talked to, all all the women I've talked to, certainly about the show, love him. Uh, yeah. Despite the fact that he's like sort of an icon for a lot of the things that they hate, you know, about the show. Yeah, um, exactly. About this era, about this time. Yeah, about the era. About the show. Yeah. yeah. He definitely he's, he's fits quote, that mold. The enemy, unquote. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's such a charming guy. You're like, I love this enemy. Um, but number two, he, you got to be, you got to listen to those sterling lines, man, because he's being a little double entendre with Joan when he's walking next to her. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you. Good move. Maybe yep. it's because I'm a pervert. Uh, no, no, no. But I think, Matt, I think, I think you can pick up on it. I have been meaning to see those. Uh, and then there's something he says about getting to the bottom of it or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gotta get to the bottom of that. I'm yeah, yeah. But he, <laughs> he definitely was being suggestive, but then innocent, in, innocently delivering it. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, Amazing. Like stuff. I said, Sterling Sterling has powers. He has some superpowers. Super where he charm is, power. It's it's just it's just being self confident and uh, oh yeah, never for sure, never letting your uh, like insecure self show. Just mm-hmm. if if you're uh, confident and good looking, the world is your oyster. Speaking of confidence and looks, um, <laughs> this episode shows us why the apps were a great invention. The dating apps because. A, a beautiful woman like Joan and a beautiful woman like Carol having to go home with those ugly guys. <sighs> no offense to the actors. It's but... <laughs> not about the actors. It's just about the level of woman that you're looking uh, at versus the yeah. level of man that you're looking at. You see how much power gets you. You really do, sound, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's. I just couldn't believe it. They're they're both totally this is the thing, man. Frumpy. Joan, she just loves old older men and like. You know, oh, Cooper no. even mentions it toward the toward the end of the episode. Uh, I mean, he's talking about Sterling. It's funny yes. that he knew about them too. It was, Cooper just has eyes everywhere. Cooper, he yeah, knows he knows everything. all. Yeah, <laughs> he knows all and sees all. I mean, that's what he could have said to Joan when she like is so, sort of surprised about that. But uh, he doesn't. It's implied, you know. Yeah, he but, doesn't have to say much more. <laughs> they follow. Um, but yeah, we don't have to rip on those guys. I'm sure they're lovely guys. <sighs> you, know, you know the Carol scene, man. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to put that in the mod men section just because it's more serious and I like that. I want to make sure we we handle it. I yeah, think that's where sure. the mod men thing is for for like stuff that's a little more serious and yeah, for sure. We we want to sure. make sure we don't get tone deaf or do a stupid jokes. And that's I'll yeah. be in the I'll be in the stupid jokes department. So don't worry. <laughs> no, uh, but um. So, would you say that was your pick for Sterling's gold? Because that that is a classic Roger Sterling joke to tell to say to an identical twin. And how old are you? Yes. And it's the type of joke that I got a lot because um, I'm a fraternal twin. So I didn't know uh, that actually. Yeah, I have a twin sister. Uh, yeah, I actually had no, so, I didn't know that. That's, that's there you new, go. That's new We're info. still learning a lot about each other every week. Indeed um, we are. Indeed we are. <laughs> but you know the joke I would always say uh, is that we're not identical. Um, but that comes from people being dumb enough to actually ask, "Are you identical twins?" Um, right, right. And you know they're they're in high school and middle school when they ask me that. But like, it's still just like, no, there's at least one big difference, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
I follow anyway. you now. I follow you now, buddy. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's good. Anyway. Anyway, so if Sterling had tried to be cute with me, I would say, hey, man, we're not identical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it. Um, Drop it. You wouldn't have you wouldn't done the giggle and cover your mouth. <laughs> By the way, this is almost a carousel worthy thing, but yeah, when I first watched this episode, maybe the first few times, um, their giggles like scared me. Oh, really? The yeah, girls? Like they, they didn't scare me like in the in a the shining way, but it was more like, God, their giggle is the exact same. That's so interesting and bizarre. Uh but I don't know. That's it's, not really that a, interesting of a fact. No, it's 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 kinda cool because they are they are really putting the laugh on. It's obviously not yeah. an authentic laugh. So like it kind of comes be off it. as like that's the weird part about it. It's like eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have to do it a lot for these uh Hair trigger temper, man. Yeah, um, super funny. Also, to see a, a woman be put in the position where she's like throwing herself at Don, and Don's not in the mood. <laughs> you, you, <know. laughs> you see, she she was like, I think she was really trying to go for it, and she would yeah. say these things that would just turn Don off like immediately, like just they turned me off like too. She, yeah, yeah. just like you could tell she was young, and that's why yeah. just like ugh. Do you have any well, they're twenty. <laughs> you got any gum? No, no, I, no, I don't. No, I, I don't have any gum. <laughs> um, no, I mean, and twenty years old to however old those guys are, like that's it's not illegal. Blah blah blah. But no, it's of gross. course not. Yeah, but it's, it's just it's weird. It's, it's very yeah. It's gross and it's weird. It's and then it's, the fact that there's a moment where where Mirabelle is playing like the almost the counselor role where he's laying his head on her lap and all of a sudden whining about his personal life. It's just interesting. You know how they can go from a, a sexualized role to then all of a sudden being like a matriarchal role or a supportive role. Thus they is barely the power know each of other. women. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, that's Sterling's gold. <laughs> we sort of, uh, we sort of went away from the humor a little bit in that version of it, but I think it's the first episode since, like, episode two where both the quotes were by Roger Sterling, so. Yeah, I don't I don't remember much from other from others. Um, uh, you know, I always try to... laughing to death about Paul Kinsey, but... I, <laughs> I always try to sneak in one from a non-Sterling character, but I think I've sort of gone too far in that, and, like, we're not highlighting enough of the Sterling lines, so we gotta... Maybe I'm just worried because he could die, you know. But <laughs> uh oh, yeah, got to watch out for old Sterling. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, you know, what, please, Sterling, if you live, we'll put more of your quotes in every episode. Okay, All right. just hold on. <laughs> he dies immediately after I say that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what? It's it's uh, been about a week since we last did this, so I forgot what the next segment is. Oh, it's uh, Michael's mental health nook and pied de terre. All right, mm, um, made it. So let me get my. Uh, Pied a chair. Um, <laughs> my dog's scratching her chin. She's like, oh, very good. That was very, very funny. Good, very um, <laughs> in terms of mental health, um, you know, I I think that Roger Sterling's question about um, do you believe in energy or a soul? Yeah, that's yeah. I relate to that a lot. I uh, uncharacteristic, I isn't it? Yeah, especially for yeah. his age and the time period. I thought it was really interesting to hear him say that. Well, and then Don doesn't 
have anything to say to him no. other than he just asks him what he wants to hear and that's like so sad i i know if i was in sterling's position and my friend said that i'd be like oh come on man uh, <laughs> like, bro that's all you have for me <laughs> yeah but that's that's done I so know. yeah i i just i have been there i've been where sterling is not having a heart attack but uh thank goodness you know yeah. knock on table yeah. but um it's a tough thing to reconcile if you uh if you don't believe in a soul, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of, I mean, I don't want to get too personal in this segment, but uh, suffice to say that I used to believe in a soul for a very long time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that kept me going a lot of the time. Like I, I had given up on organized religion Yeah, and uh, I still believed in a soul, but uh, there was this moment in like 2008, I was 18 and I was just like doing research about, um, there was like a cracked.com article about like oh, I love cracked. I used to love cracked. So I used to, yeah, but it's anyway. Yeah. Um like top 8 things that could kill us all at any moment or could destroy yeah. the universe at any moment. And like it was not what I should have been reading, I guess, but I just started reading up on like these like black hole type events and wormhole and yeah. you know, super star explosion collision shit, you know. Um and it like got me thinking like wait like so all matter in the universe would be sucked up into this thing and it's like then if there is a soul then that would mean that would get sucked up into it too and would cease to exist wait is there a heaven you know blah blah yeah. blah and it just sort of down the rabbit hole yeah and i it was like a whole year or so where i was like obsessed with that i just thought about it 24/7 and like i came out of it um and it was this weird thing where like I was so grateful for every single moment I was alive and I eventually came to terms with the idea that like maybe nothing does matter, mm-hmm. but that's like, there's so much freedom in that, that it's almost joyful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a positive nihilism thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's very true. I, I think that's really, uh, that's a good way to look at it because it gives you less, um, you can feel less constrained by that thought. Yeah. And it's something that I took 10 years after that to get, like, really to peace with, you know. But I, I, I think that, like, it's also important to remind yourself we don't know anything for sure and to yeah. not be too, like, uh, I'm not, like, 100% con- – I would say that, like, I'm an optimistic uh, agnostic now or, yeah. or like, an optimistic atheist even. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know what Roger is going to go toward, but it reminded me of that struggle in my life and – it was very hard to go through that, but I, I, I think, you know, there is a way to come out the other side of it and not become super depressed and bleak. Right. Um, in terms of relationship stuff, I, uh, I love, we already discussed it, but Peggy standing up to Pete was awesome and I forgot how cool she was about it. Peggy's really good at confronting people without being very, without being like aggressive. It's so yeah, interesting. She's, cool. like, she's very skillful with being like, I'm going to call you out. But, like, I'm not going to make, like, a scene or, like, do anything weird. Like, I'm just going to oh, let you know that yeah. I know what's going on here. You know what I mean? She is, she is a woman in the 60s, to be fair. But yeah. she kind of has to not make a scene, I guess. But um, Or feels like she has to. But she's she's incredibly good at communicating, like I, I mentioned before, emotionally, uh, yeah. intelligently. and uh, I think that's it. Yeah. he's not gonna He's not going to mess with her anymore. That was that was cool, and it seems like a real closure for uh, 
a plot line that I know you weren't a big fan of. Um, yeah, and that's true. I'm definitely not a fan of the events, but I'm a fan of the way the events impact the characters and, and seeing their inner workings. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's so weird because in the non-Peggy and Don scenes where Pete goes into Don's office to let him know, well, we just lost a client. And uh, basically Don knows Pete didn't fight to keep the client because the client didn't like the creative. So Pete got to walk into Don's office and say, we lost a client and it is your fault. And um, Smug. Smug. God. His attitude during that scene. I, I have no recollection of that scene. None. Zero. Yeah, I don't think I. And I, 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 think I did either. I didn't remember. I, I hated Doctor Scholes. <laughs> I I hated Pete in that moment, and it's just such a disrespectful thing. And you could, you know, they're 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 beefing over. They're still no. beefing. Yeah, and it they sucks. Definitely still beefing. He's kind of like doing this passive aggressive. Like, remember at the end, he's he's basically like, should I tell? He even should shrugs. I tell them or should, should, should you? Remember, yeah. he's, he's like trying to be nice, basically, but he's. He's not. He's not. No, he knows what he's know doing. He's yeah, exactly. He's a very smug shit, but you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Don keeps it together for enough time where, you know, Pete doesn't know how much he hurt him. Uh, right. But he, he destroyed him. I mean, or at least pissed him off greatly. Um, right. Right. But I, I do like that him and Don, uh, him and Roger give the same cheesy, you know, line about the day you start getting clients is the day you start losing them. And... Don said that to Pete, but when Roger says it to him, he's like, you know, you don't really believe that, do you? <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a funny, almost like a dadism, where it's like yeah, dad spouts off something that his dad taught him. And then when he goes to his dad, he's like, you don't really believe that, though. I, I said that to my kid, but you don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's, right. it's a little bit of a stretch. But um, other than that, I do just want to say, like, I thought it was really weird how they wrote Betty in this episode. And when Don calls Betty from the hospital to say that Roger, their friend, and uh, his boss had a heart attack, uh-huh. it doesn't take very long for Betty to go back into it about her her dad and his uh, his new partner. Um, Can I say something about that scene? Yeah, it's pretty realistic, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've had situations that where that it it's uh, astounding how. Um, well executed that was even even knowing how weird it is especially for the yeah. scene like this it's weird for the scene that roger has a heart attack but then all but you're just going to talk about i mean you you mention it you're like yeah that, that's horrible da, 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 da. and goes into it but then i'm gonna go back to what i was talking about you know i'm Eesh. still bothered by this like thing that's not as big as what you're talking about but <laughs> still yeah. need to bring it up it's like okay. oh i've been there too i've been there too but yeah it's interesting. Yeah, and as for as for Don and Rachel, because um, I did say we'd get into it. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, <clears throat> what was really interesting was Rachel's actor's face. Um, is uh, as, as Don and her are leaning into the the grand kiss, you know, the final, you know, the the moment where they're about to touch lips or whatever. Yeah, you can see that. There's a part of her that is sort of melting away, and the acting is just fantastic. It is the the death of the logical side of Rachel. Yes, who, yes, yes. Who has yes. been putting up a great resolve, great fight, even as Don is in her home and has kissed her once. Pushing. He's just pushing on her. Yeah, he's pushing a little hard. Um, and she knows his lines are kind of BS. Like, <laughs> that he, he says that she knows him, and... 
you know, she doesn't really, of course, but the the logical part of her is preventing her from feeling this temporary joy. And Don is, is pushing the idea that nothing matters and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying blah, blah, blah a lot. What am I, a Peanuts parent um, <laughs> or adult? But anyway, the acting, it just, it shows that perfectly that she's finally letting go of the logical and intelligent person and giving in to her, you know, her silly, well, not silly, sorry, but yeah. her desires, however flawed they may be and how yeah. they may not have a future. Um, so, yeah. Don, it's, uh, Don even asks her if it's okay. Like, he gets yeah. to the point, he gets to the point where he's like, you on know, they're like, her. yeah, they're on, he's on top of her and he's, he's like, I'm not going to do You have to say list. you want it. Yeah, you have to say it. And she, <laughs> she says, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is great. Uh, it just... It, that that's a back and forth it's such a tug of war like kind of uh, like how you're mentioning like she rachel has the most logic ever and like she's fending him off with a lot of smart thought and a lot of you know good lines you know to to keep don honest you know what i mean yeah and and don finally like when the physical stuff like isn't working initially like you know initially it's not working he then just has to speak like clear emotional thought like yeah she gets it out of him by not giving in to the physical stuff that don tries to do so quickly to like you know erase his you know his feelings you know what i mean sure well i i think ultimately the whole you you have to say that you want it thing is more about him getting some control back where now he's on top of her and he's saying it's up to you now and he knows he knows he can feel yeah. probably that she wants it at this point of so it, it's it's his way of getting back in control of the situation um but yeah i think that's about it for my pied de terre um really interesting episode with a lot of different um types of relationships explored and uh just a, a really the word i would des- describe for it is kind of chaotic it feels chaotic in terms of the relationship aspects of the show where things are either in disrepair or in shock um or in one plot case um really tragic really sad yeah Um, yeah yeah. so definitely um but yeah there's a lot of tears from characters in this episode actually yeah if you really think it's a sad one actually most characters in this episode are in tears except for you know, a few like Pete and um, Pete and Peggy. Pete, they're yeah, Pete and Peggy have been chilling. <laughs> they're kind of fighting, but they're chilling. They're, right, they're chilling uh, from a a heavy st- from a heavy emotional standpoint. They're kind of more going back and forth about you know their whole their whole thing. But yeah, they're mad. They're mad, but they're not stressing. Exactly. Kenny (laughs) Kenny (laughs) Kenny in the house what's up everybody (laughs) get this guy out of here what the fuck (laughs) hey guys I brought I brought beers (laughs) (laughs) can keep listening to the show live (laughs) (laughs) alright but yeah we've gotten to some heavy areas there so uh, I don't know about you man but I think it's time for a dad break let's do the dad break and you know what I resolved that in season two we're gonna have a theme song for the dad break. We got it. We got to figure out something. Yeah, it can't yeah, we'll be definitely me. put something together. It can't be me and you doing our amazing vocal scat. <laughs> scat, uh, scat, in, in, dad in, break. In, in both senses of the word. It can't be that every time. That's true. That's true. No, we'll, we'll definitely find something to, to fit it, fit it into that place. Bam. 
Okay. <laughs> we got to get like a robot voice filter and have oh, it to say dad break. This is dad break. Um, I've, uh, I've, I played a, I played a new game uh, this past couple of days um, by the name of The Quarry. Um, this is a story driven kind of a choose your own adventure type uh game uh i've been really big into these uh these types of games where they're basically like they're almost like interactive novel like graphic novels in a sense or interactive movies if you will um just because i think it's cool to kind of choose like i guess choose your own adventure or have these butterfly effect things happen in a game so like you make this decision and then because of that these things happen um so the quarry fits the bill in the, in in that sense. Um, um, the game's made by uh, Supermassive, and they they basically put together a game where it's like uh, these teenagers, uh, teenage uh, camp counselors go back to their um, I guess finish the summer and uh, get trapped at basically get trapped in their uh, cabin or at the camp camp cabin site. And uh, all hell breaks loose, um, like like the usual like a usual summer trope movie would be. Mm-hmm. Um, this one involves uh, werewolves, uh, not v- not in a traditional sense uh, traditional sense visually, but there. But as the story goes on, you can tell that these are like vampires or what or not vampires. Excuse me, uh, werewolves because um, they kind of call it out. They they actually physically say, "Oh yeah, are these like werewolves like." It's very campy. Um, okay. On purpose, of course, because th- that's what they're kind of trying to go for. Um, played it. Um, my wife watched me play. Um, these games are usually pretty big for like my wife to like watch. Loves to watch me play these choose your own adventure slash um, butterfly effect games. And um, this team has made a bunch of others, a bunch of other games that are like this. Um, but this one was different, but sadly different in a not so good way. Oh. Yeah, um this this game is literally almost a choose your own adventure and there's not much game there's not a ton of gameplay in it. It, it honestly it's almost as if you're just watching a movie and you're maybe huh. like choosing like between like one answer or another answer and there's not much for think quick or somebody dies type stuff like there in in games in the past that they've made, um, they've done uh, initially their big game was Until Dawn. Uh, it came out for the PS4 um, like a few years ago, so it's actually kind of old, like maybe five years ago or older. Um, that was kind of where they hit big, and that was also like a teen slash like horror, but but the storyline was a lot cooler, and the uh, the the challenge was a lot was a lot deeper and the butterfly effects were a lot more like scattered and like had more consequence in this game. There's not a lot of, to me, there wasn't a ton of consequence when things were happening. Um, I did really enjoy the acting in it. Um, the actors in, I, do you know who the actress is? Um, uh, Brenda's song, I think her name is. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a name I've heard a lot. 
Yeah, Brenda's song. I think she's currently um, in a relationship with uh, Macaulay Culkin. Um, well, good for her. Yeah, she she's in it. <laughs> um, this guy named Justice Smith, who's kind of like a new up and coming like <clears throat> actor. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm sad that you didn't like this game, though. I thought this dad break know, was gonna man. be like this game is is awesome. But so so the game is. The game is acceptable, but I expected so much more and didn't get it. And that was the, and that was the issue. Um, the gameplay is not like the other games. The other games, there's a difficulty setting. So, like, if you're new to games, you could put it on easy, which would be more similar to what this game feels like normally, which is very, like, none of the puzzles are going to be very difficult at all. None of the action buttons are going to be difficult to hit at all. So, like... You're not going to mess up very often at all. Everyone's most likely going to live because, you know, we're not going to make you but make any of the dramatic scenes or button presses or decisions difficult. And they're all, all the games they did they, they did before this were a lot more elaborate, a lot more butterfly effect heavy and 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 uh, I think the stories were a lot more dire, I think. And this one Stories dire, sorry to interrupt, but stories were dire, like they felt more risky and more like scary. Yeah, more risky, more scary. Um, Because dire could also mean like bad, like badly written. So that's why I'm clarifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little double entendre. (laughs) (laughs) Sterling style. Yeah, a little Sterling style. No, but um, (laughs) I I just, it, it, um, it has all the pieces for a good game. But the execution wasn't wasn't necessarily there, which is unfortunate um, because mm. it's a full price game, and um, there are other games that they released besides their uh, until dawn game. They made these other s- smaller games called the Dark Pictures, the Dark Pictures Anthology, and they're like smaller versions of these story games for less price so like say if this say if this big this big budget game that they came out with the quarry was like a 10 to like a 10 hour game uh time length wise they would they were making smaller versions of these games leading up to this game that were like maybe like a solid six to seven hour experience but Mm. jam-packed and um they were a lot and they were cheaper too they were like 30 like 30 bucks like like 30 30 dollars game or a 40 dollar game or something along the lines of that and this sure. was like a full price 70 dollar game and it 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 didn't ha- it doesn't have any business being that much for what what you got sadly um, that's too bad yeah almost to the point where like i think they're trying to pay for the the amount of actors that are in this movie or sorry, it's it is a movie basically. The, the <laughs> amount of <laughs> the amount of actors in this uh, in this story. Um, That's probably the song. It. Yeah, Justice Smith, um, David Arquette, somebody's brother, uh, Ra- Sam Raimi's brother, I think, is in this movie too. I can't think of his name though. You know Sam Raimi's brother? Is it Ted Raimi? I think so. I think it's Ted. Yeah, I think it's Ted Raimi. So the acting was really fun. Story was, you know, it's okay. The pacing was not great either. It's unfortunate, man. The game, like, if I were to rate it out of a ten, I, I think it's probably sits at like a, sits at like a five or a six. Um, 
And the games they'd done previously, like the last game I played, part of the Dark Anthologies, is called uh, House of Ashes. That was mm. like a that was like a nine to me. Like it was really good for us for as for as like lower budget and smaller as it was. Like the storyline was was awesome. The gameplay was super tense. Um, things were happening very fast, um, and it was it was a it was a roller coaster. It was really great. This this mm. one not so much, unfortunately. So, um, the quarry, I, th- I just, I just think, you know, this, this one, this one's a little bit of a miss. Uh, people that are fans of the choose your own adventure slash, uh, butterfly effect games. I think honestly to get this game, I would wait for a sale. Um, I wouldn't pay full price for it. It's just, it's not worth it. Got it. Well, yeah, I, um, I checked and it's not on switch, so I won't, I won't be getting it regardless. Uh, but speaking of switch though, I w- did want to ask you, um, how do you feel about, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the franchise. Yeah, more, more, more specifically, the uh, beat 'em up style games that they have. I, n- I never played them. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a little scared because I'm, I'm seeing Sonic Origins is, uh, Ooh, it's, yeah. it's not getting like amazing <laughs> reviews. Like, there's something that has gone wrong with like the, devel- <laughs> the development team. Wrong. Well, the development team like gave Sega one thing, and then Sega worked on it after they gave them the final product, what yeah. they thought was the final product. And yeah. there's also a DRM, uh, digital rights something or other, yeah. um, thing on there. And apparently, the game has lots of glitches, and it's been kind of fucked. And uh, there, hopefully, there's going to be a patch. But now I'm like, I, you had mentioned seventy dollars, and I don't, I don't know if I want to pay that much for something that no. it might be worse than if I just. Just uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, went and got free emulators and free ROMs. Mm, hypothetically, yeah. I wouldn't do of that the, of, of the classic stuff. Of the classic, yeah, of, of the classic, of the stuff. really, really sweet stuff. Right, because that's um, Sonic Origins. That's it's just a compilation of Sonic one through three and then CD. So yeah, that's the one. That's the one exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to point you towards. Actually, I was like, that, that's a good one. Um, Aaron, but uh, no, that's ours, Aaron loves that. Loves that. No, one. no, that's you're thinking of the Sonic Mega Collection, I think, which Ooh. came out like. 15 years right. ago yeah I think, you, I think you might be right holy shit that's yeah that's on the gamecube and that one is good but the one that just came out sonic origins they had the sonic mania team which is like a uh really good sonic game and they like emulated the like original style of gameplay 2d mm-hmm. um yeah they had them they're not emulated on this like they're hd remakes of the games essentially oh interesting okay yeah. is it made and, by and the ported. team that did that did the mania though Yes. Okay, because they're good. Yeah. They're very good. They're good, but the problem is is that, one, they didn't have enough time to make it perfect, it sounds mm-hmm. like, and two, yeah. it got fucked with after they gave something to Sega. So anyway, okay. anyway, my point is that right now I'm not sure I'm going to be getting anything on there anytime soon, but you're saying the TMNT, uh, those games are good? Yeah, TMN, the, there's a new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle beat-em-up game made by um, these guys that really love uh classic beat em up like arcade beat em ups um and they they uh they recent they did um they did a streets of rage for that one uh yeah. yeah which is which is a beat em up and uh got huge acclaim um and so they 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 worked on this teen, uh this teenage mutant ninja turtle t- beat em up and uh I've been playing a little bit of that and that that's uh that's been really awesome and I know that's for the switch so that was gonna okay. be my recommendation to you uh, what's the price point on that? 
Uh, cheaper. I think it's uh, I think this one. I think it's thirty dollars or forty dollars. It's cheap. I'll check it out. Like okay. A, yeah, it's, and and it's multiplayer, so like you could play online with with me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out some sort of uh, dadman outing because uh, we were working on that, and then uh, oh, the movie someone... on. Then I got the yeah, I know. <laughs> someone. Well, anyway. That's not your fault. Uh, while playing but, games, uh, mind you. <laughs> while playing, uh, while playing a teenage mutant uh, ninja turtle, probably. But uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, well, you know, they can't all be uh, uplifting dad breaks. Sometimes it's just a uh, an angry video game nerd style review. Yeah. What were they thinking? <laughs> Why did they do that, man? What were they thinking? Um, I, I okay. paid full price for that. <laughs> Yeah, this thing's a piece of diarrhea, diarrhea dog shit. Uh, Angry video game nerd. Yeah, great, great YouTube uh, series. Yeah, uh, they are anyway, great. Uh, anyway, uh, so that was our dad break. Uh, longer than most, I would say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but a lot um, of gamer talk and movie talk kind of spliced we'll, in there. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll oh, yeah. send it to the uh, editors. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, too many words. You gotta streamline. You guys, this. You guys are talking too much. <laughs> you gotta streamline this. Uh, women will never listen to this. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, you know women, uh, it's time for Jala's fatherhood corner. Yep, we are at the fatherhood corner section. Um, this one, there's a few things, but uh, not 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 a. Not a ton, though. Um, as we mentioned, Don and Betty at the beginning of the episode are having the back and forth about having to go see. Well, basically having to stay the the weekend with uh, her father and um, his lady friend, and Don gets pulled into the. Um, Listen to my wife complain about family <laughs> section. It happens. Yep, it happens. I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, you know, it's what it's one of those things where you you know you nod your head and you say, you're "Like, yep, no, I know it's it's messed up." Yeah. <laughs> don't give any advice. Don't give any advice. No, don't say. Don't just just <laughs> nod your head and be like, you know what. I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. You're totally right. Don't try to problem solve. Uh, cause, I know. Because if you try to... That. <laughs> sometimes if you try to throw a solution or try to be like empathetic towards the other, the other party, which Don is trying, he does make the mistake of trying to be empathetic to the other party. Uh, yeah, he's, she's a very nice woman. Yeah. <laughs> Betty doesn't care. She, you know, she has the laser eyes and she's... Her, her, targets is, uh, her target is Gloria, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just so, so, so that goes on, and then you know, obviously, this undertone of of um, her kind of having a childish attitude about the whole thing, and you know that 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 whole piece, Don Don handled it pr- pretty well, though all all things considered. Sure, um, he honestly could have just like ignored her, like wanting him to go upstairs. <laughs> she could, she he literally could have just been like. I can see it. 
Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't. I, I don't think we need it. <laughs> like, Gotta go to work. <laughs> You're exactly. I have to leave. So you do what you're gonna do. You know what I mean? Yeah. He really could have cut it off, but you know, he rode. He rode with it for a bit, and um, so that's that's commendable. It's commendable, Don. He, he knew what he was in for, though. As soon as she was, she was looking at him, giving him the. Yeah, I can't can't get out of the closet. <laughs> well, here's here's something that you just made me think of there, and I don't want yeah. to take us on another rabbit hole, but something to think about is like, I wonder if Don was always cheating on Betty. Like, I just okay. realized what maybe there was a period early in their marriage where he uh-huh. was like this all the time, and he oh. was like attentive yeah. and nice. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm almost yeah. certain that that it probably wasn't a constant thing. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm thinking that too. The more that, like, it seems like he's maybe reverting to an older version of himself sometimes where he's nicer to her and more, I don't know, he has good days and bad days like any man and any course. person. But it's, yeah. we're catching him on a, a day where he's being the nice Don. Uh, but anyway, sorry. It's just an interesting he, thought experiment to be like, it wait is. a second. Maybe he Has wasn't he always. always. Been, yeah. 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 So. yeah. It's very interesting. I think, I think, I think we're, uh, we're, we're on with that. I think, um, Things can devolve sometimes depending on where you know where you are at where you're at in life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think um, between and, you know this happens again as we you know um, after Sterling's heart attack and um, it's more talk of how she's you know not happy where she, you know, being staying the night over there. Um, with her, <laughs> she has the kids in the bed, which is a cute, uh, a very cute uh, mom move, which I yep. I, I, I appreciated. <laughs> but um, yeah, Don, again, Don had a Don also could have just been like, I have to go. You know what I mean? And like yeah. after after he done getting off, what he needed to get <laughs> off about Sterling. But he 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 again sat on the phone. You know, listen to you know a few of uh, Betty's qualms and. Um, <clears throat> didn't have many, many answers for, her, but the, again, this is not a space where she needs a ton of answers. It's, just, yeah. it's a lot, it's a, it's a listen to me vent type of type of uh, type of mood that she's in. So these these things were good for Don. I gotta commend him on that. Um, as far as between him, Pete, and Peggy, I don't think he, <laughs> I thought it was cute that she went to go pick up the phone. That he threw on the ground. Yeah. And he was just like, just leave, just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be upset. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, he didn't kick her out of the room either. You know what I mean? Even in that yeah, frustration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he, he didn't take Peggy it out on Peggy. her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Spared her in that way. Um, he also didn't take it out on um, Pete, if you really think about it. He let no, he, he kind of get off with that stupid shit and just walk away. I don't know how he did it because if it were me, I would have just. <laughs> you can't, you know, Don. He he sometimes has willpower. A lot, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, it's very hefty with his willpower that he has. Uh, and then other times, you know, when he sees a, an attractive lady, <laughs> suddenly the the charm, the Dick Wit man comes out. You know? <laughs> yeah, the Dick Wit man starts to. <laughs> Peer, peer his head and out. That's a di- that's a different character. That's a different variant than Dick Whitman. Totally different character. Dick. Oh, Whitman. oh, Dick Whitman. We do yes. need our own logo of a Dick Whitman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait. It's gonna be the logo of the show. <laughs> Dick Whitman. <laughs> Wait. We we just need to create a sort of into the Draperverse uh, yes, movie yes. poster. 
with yes, all these yes. variants of Don we're coming up with. Nice Don, Dick yes, Man. Cute, cute, remember Cute Don? Cute Don. Yeah, yeah, yep. I remember Cute Don. <laughs> He's being a little cute in a certain episode. Uh, yep. Yep. That's a good idea, man. It's a good idea. Yep. We'll do it. Um, Dick Whitman. Fans, fans, <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh, do a do a Photoshop of Into the Draperverse with all these different Dons. Drunk Don. That's a huge one. Oh, uh, yeah. Drunk Don's good. Drunk Don's yeah. good. Yeah. And then Father Don. Father Don with him and uh, maybe you could put Peg, Peggy and Pete uh, in, in a poster next to him. And he'll have you his, do that. You his hands you on uh, with... both their <laughs> Oh, hands. yes. Mm-hmm. You could do the picture with the hands in the head, or you could do the picture with. Uh, remember when he was drunk and uh, after the birthday party? That scene. Yes. With the dog. Which, that's a that's a good. Oh, with the good. dog. Yeah, where he's sitting yep. down. And he's just in that. He's like right, super anyway. sloppy. We're, we're getting ahead of our sales here, but uh, yes, a little ahead. But uh, but yeah, this episode, besides his uh, his his fatherly restraint with most of the people around him. Um, that's all. That's all. That's all. I think I have for it for for my uh, fatherhood corner. Nice man. Good job. I didn't. I didn't know there was going to be any, but you. Uh, you shocked me. You thunderstruck me. Um, Grab it out of the hat. You know what did you think of uh, Roger's moment with his daughter? I, I was. Uh, oh. For some man. reason, I didn't remember that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood exactly what Sterling was. I understood exactly. It's a. It's a. It's an interesting space, man. When you're. Um, because because when you're in the position of uh, father style, especially back then, there's this air of um, Superman shit yeah. that <clears throat> dads kind of have to like maintain or something to a certain extent, um, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to see. He didn't want his daughter to see him in a weakened fragile state because he has to be super you know what i'm saying he's gotta be you know i'm fine you know i'm funny yeah da, 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 you know loose and uh i totally understood it. even in my life like uh, when i wasn't a father and looking at my dad i i viewed my dad in a very um interesting light as like not a lot happens to him, has happened to him physically um or like doesn't really get sick that you know what i mean doesn't really get sick that often or whatever the case and my dad he like had like a he had a stroke like years ago oh man and yeah he he was he was in the hospital and i couldn't i couldn't um when i was younger i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to see him in the hospital that way because of that stupid ass you know uh, father, you know, what you know, like strong, you know, like, yeah, you don't see him in his, you know what I mean? Like, as if I was like upholding that by like not going to see, him. like, I called him and stuff, but I was like, and I just don't like hospitals either. So, like, yeah. it's like a double fold thing that I was just like, eh. so I, I, so when Sterling had that moment with the, with the, with his daughter, I was like, yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I understand. It's a stupid man, uh, thing, but, um, Unfortunately, you know, I mean, but she went in. You know what I mean? He didn't stop yeah. her. I mean, I mean, he oh, couldn't yeah. have. It's not like he could have got up and done anything because he's like so fragile. But um, huge shout outs know. to uh, John Slattery's performance because he really seems like he's so weak. He and, did it, man. He really did it. Fantastic really acting. It. it to Sterling's credit, I think there's also just the idea of not wanting to traumatize your kid because yes, there's that's sometimes thing. when you see a family member and they are 
near death, um, it changes how you look at them for the rest of your life. You know what yes. I mean? And yes. maybe he saw a, an older family member when they're in the hospital and it, it's mm-hmm. like things are iffy right now. The doctors aren't sure he's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Right. So right. He's, yep. he's thinking about like this could be the end. Uh, yeah. He's very, he's very like think, you know, deathbedish, deathbed yeah. mode. Um, deathbed mode. Deathbed. I'm going into deathbed mode. <laughs> it's the worst, <laughs> worst Transformers power ever. Right, it just transforms into like a, a, a hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, on that note, yeah, it's a good dad man. Uh, or sorry, uh, fatherhood corner. Mm. Yeah, man, uh, man, I appreciate it. Uh, the mod for this week is you know, uh, base. I I just wanted to quickly. I don't want to say quickly to do it a disservice, but um, I, I want to talk about how, you know, the Carol scene is uh, where Carol is Joan's longtime roommate. They've been friends forever, been friends since college. And, uh, you know, they are clearly very close and they go out and have fun together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's certain sad scenes in a TV show that you remember. Um yeah. And this is definitely one that I remember, but I don't Same. like to think about it. I don't like to think about it. And so it's like it still hits you by surprise when you rewatch the episode. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think I had forgotten that I knew about the scene until it's, it happened. I was like, oh, that's right. I remember. I remember this part. It's just too painful to think about too much. Like, you know, and I think it's one of the saddest scenes in the whole show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, um, you know, you know about that scene. It, you're right. It is, it is, it is. It's definitely one of those, one of those scenes that's really, um, um, down low like that. But yeah. rewatching it, you know what? You know what thought I had? I was thinking how brave she was to do what she did. Yeah, I thought it was super brave because I always wondered how people, um would confess their love from a same-sex perspective with somebody that they maybe know is not um is is not uh uh homosexual um and so i just thought it was really brave that she she i mean i guess it's been many many years yeah so it 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 definitely took it definitely took some time but to even kind of be able to jump out on that ledge I thought was really brave 100% uh, yeah good point yeah and, and Joan you know it, it's an interesting predicament to be in um, especially back then but just generally speaking to kind of be like okay because this, it becomes an unrequited uh, love type thing yeah and um, yeah it's just um I'm trying to think if Joan could have done it, if she could have done it differently with well, still kind of having her boundary about, you know, how she, or her sexual orientation, I guess. I don't know. Here's the thing is that this would be really <clears throat> difficult for two friends uh, nowadays. Like the stigma, right, that's what I mean. the stigma right now is totally different than it was in 1960. But, exactly. But this is 1960 and the stigma right. back then is like way way up 9.8 out of 10 or whatever you know oh, yeah. it's, it's horrible it's and yeah. so That's we don't know so yeah exactly we we don't know what jones 
what's going through Joan's head right now. Um, no. And there could be intolerance, but you know, um, hard to read it though. She, she. There's many ways you could take this, and Joan took the uh, probably the. Again, like I'm judging it from a twenty. Safest road, maybe. Safest, but also maybe the most cowardly. Um, but yeah, it's, definitely it's, cowardly. It's it's the 2022 way of looking at it. So in the 1960 <laughs> way, it's it's very nice of her to that's what I was not thinking. out her to other people and to not like call her a uh, something horrible. But yeah, or treat her weirdly after the fact. By the way, but but she's also burying, but she's also burying what she just said, which was a confession of love. And right, she's course, not acknowledging it at all. So it's also not acknowledging her true self. She is now ignoring her friend from this moment right. on. It's not a true friendship. Yeah. I mean, right. that's, that's, and that's not a 2022 way to look at it. That's just genuinely like, it's not a real friendship anymore because her, her friend presented her as who she really is and said who, you know, she's in love with her. And, Joan is basically saying, I refuse to acknowledge that, you know, and yeah, that's it. It's just very difficult because he yeah, had the time period. All she says is, is you've had a long day. You've had a long day. Yeah. Something like that. And, and which is true, but yeah, <clears throat> it's just, yeah, it's, it's very tricky. I think, I think given the time period, you know, the two things can be true. We can grant Joan a little bit of like grace, grace for the time yeah. period. And it can also be like a tragic, really sad thing that, you know, it's too bad. She couldn't have said something. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. But it could I'm have gone, it could have gone worse, but it also emotionally maybe is the worst way it could have happened for Carol. Yeah. You know? For Carol. Yeah. Ugh. It definitely wasn't satisfying. It's like the opposite of satisfying basically. And, and think of me as a boy is one of the most tragic lines for me where it just it made me tear up when I first watched it, I remember, because it's just... Oh, you remember that? Yeah, you remember that part? Yeah. 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 I don't even remember her saying that line. She's that line acknowledging... Stand up. Well, she's acknowledging that she knows Joan isn't that way when she says that line. And she's begging Joan to give up, you know, to try to change her to make her love uh, Carol. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's just such a sad line. Like it is. No, it would it be is. sad it's... nowadays too. You know. So it's it's. Um, I guess I just. Um, this madman, the way they're writing it, the way they're pre- the way they're. I, I, the right. It's um, the show is is brave in the way it writes things, man. Um, it's not. It's not I, black I and white. No. Yeah, yeah. It's not black and white, and and. We don't like get presented with like Joan as the villain of the scene or the antagonist. Right. We, right. I don't exactly. hate her for what she did. I don't. No. Yeah. No, not at all. I, I I'm with you. Like yeah. that's what I mean. Like they can they. But this is why I have so so much respect for the show and why I love it so much is that they're not scared to. They weren't scared to do a lot of um a lot of things, as um writing wise. For, for characters to make them even more complex I just love yeah. when they step out on the ledge and they and they and they uh, excuse me and they execute it so perfectly to me as yeah. perfect as I think somebody could because honestly if you think about these scenes from like another TV show or another writing cast like I could see some people doing it so many ways that I would think would be maybe just less satisfying sure not realistic enough. 
um, too the, over the top. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways you can go wrong. With the it. the unrealistic way would be Joan saying, "Well, it's the 1960s, and uh, things are really scary for things are really scary for people out there." And I don't, you know, you're my friend, and you know, <laughs> she she like goes through this super long emotionally That's intelligent right. list where it's like. You know, I can't feel that way for you, but we're going to find you a girlfriend together. It's like, no, in the the 60s, it's like, this is like, in the 60s, it's almost, I think Joan looks scared. And I hate to say that, but I think there's probably, she's, she's a little bit horrified as, as her friend reveals that she's had romantic feelings for her this whole time. And the thing I want to focus on really quick before we end this is, uh, I can't imagine how traumatic, like it almost makes me tear up now, uh, how traumatic it would be for Carol to, after doing that, then have mm-hmm. to have, you know, sex with a guy just because she feels pressured to, because Joan has someone in her room and the guy is out there um, with her. Yeah. So she's like, I have to do something or this guy's going to be pissed. And also, Joan has made it clear that I need to keep the facade going, you know. So. Right. Right. Joan, oh, Joan right. pretty the much facade, right. Yeah, Joan pretty much pushes her back in the closet in a way, you know, by by yeah, ignoring it. Without without and, actually physically, you know, I mean, yeah, not literally yeah. of course, but no, like no. yeah. No, it's true. So, it's true. It's 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 um you yeah, yeah. It's I can't imagine how hard it would be for her for for Carol. And uh Oh yeah. That's the thing is I feel so bad for this fictional character and uh that's why Mad Men wins because that's I, why it wins. I, yep. Because I care so much about this character that's been in—is it one episode or like one and a half? Did she appear in a little? Yeah, bit like of I don't one? remember that that much at all, really. Yeah. Honestly, I think she appeared in like maybe one other scene. But yeah, no, a great, great performance by that actor. And I do want to say the directing on that scene. You know, we talked about Tim, Tim Hunter, Tim Apple. He's good. Man. Uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Tim Hunter. Um, he's fantastic, <clears throat> and the the long shot of Joan listening to Carol. Um, it just felt like a one act play for a second because of how the the Ooh, choreography, man. the camera work, mm-hmm. the staging of it. It was just fantastic. It's it's a scene that might not work if another director was doing the episode. Or that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that it would be less stigmatized for a, for Carol if if there was a Mad Men, uh, you know, going on today. And they were doing it for like the 2020s. It would, it would be a totally different scene. You know what I mean? That's the most tasteful way I can put it. You know? Yeah. So. No, I'm with you on that. I'm totally, I'm totally with you on that. I think yeah. um, and that's why, that's why I kind of rate this episode as highly as I did because I just think the execution was so maybe, good. Uh, Acting front, directing front. Well, it's good shit. Maybe when we do the uh, Dad Men 2.0 podcast in ten years. Uh, when we rewatch this one, I'll give it a five. So, uh, <laughs> give yeah. that a little point, that point that's, five drink. <laughs> that's canon, folks. It's happening in ten years. No. All right. Well, uh, we got another dad men down, and uh, yeah. Uh, How are you feeling sure- tipsy? You little, you little, you little, you little, you little high. Or, you know what I mean? How are you uh, feeling after that? Bringing that one down. Um, you know, it's kind of a. This is like the heaviest I felt after ending an episode. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's an emotional one with Roger's heart attack and, um, you know, Carol and, uh, Peggy It's it's a heavy one. So, yeah, no, a lot of, like, like we were mentioning before, a lot of our characters in this episode felt very, uh, emotionally heavy. 
aside yeah. from Pete and uh, aside from Pete and um, and Peggy. Yeah. So it's the end of uh, episode ten of Dad Men. I hope next week is a more uh, more fun one. Uh, remember, if you're ever feeling like life is meaningless and and there's nothing, like Don and uh, Roger were were talking about today, uh, you know, talk to uh, talk to people about it. Talk to your uh, therapist if you have one, uh, or talk to your friends and family, or find therapy. Uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, something I like to talk about every now and then. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's important. Yeah. But um, we will see you next week with another Dadman. And uh, I'm Michael Rowland. And I'm Mike Jolly. And remember, the medium is the message. Take care, folks. Peace. This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.